Welcome to the Agency Growth Machine Podcast, where it's all about transforming potential into profit. And now your host, Randy Schwantz. Hey, this is Randy Schwantz. Man, I'm excited to do this podcast today because I'm going to talk about bucket technology. Um, technology is a cool thing. Technology is kind of like cars. I mean, you got to decide what you need in a car and then go buy that. Um, I drive a Porsche 911 C4S. It's a black on black convertible. Uh, it's a Porsche. I mean, it's a it's a sports car. It's a car to go fast. Top end about 185 miles an hour is what they say. I've never had it that fast. Um, I can tell you that um, I did a, a cross track one time where you know the big old parking lot. They put out a bunch of you know cones and you know we raced through that. And I never got out of second gear. And uh, you know I was driving through the chicanes, just rocking it back and forth. You know going around the cones as fast as I could. The cool thing about having a, a four uh, four wheel drive is that you know you it never really spins out. And then it's all about your driving capability and your courage to just stay on it because that car was made to handle it. You compare that to a pickup truck, a Ford F one fifty pickup truck. Well, I'll beat a Ford F one fifty pickup truck every day on the track. But if the goal is to haul things, to pull a boat, you know, to throw the fill up the, 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 the back of the pickup truck with, with coolers and fishing rods and bicycles and barbecue grills and all this sort of stuff, then you would not want a Porsche 911 C4S because it's not going to get you there. You're going to be very disappointed, unhappy and all this sort of stuff. So technology is the same thing. You got to decide what you want. And. When I think about most technology I've seen, and I'm talking about Salesforce.com, Microsoft Dynamics, Soho, Sugar, Zoho, even the things that, you know, the, the new things that are attached to agency management systems, most of them are what I think of as bucket technology. You put names in, you take names out, you can create reports, but it doesn't help you drive agency growth. So that's where you go back to like, do you want a Porsche? Do you want a Ford truck? What do you want? Do you want to drive growth or do you just want to like have a place where you can say, oh, we have a pipeline. And that's what I'm challenging you, asking you and thinking that you should consider a lot if you want to grow your agency. And when you talk about growing your agency, it's, it's almost like sinning. You see it in the Bible all the time. They talk about sins of omission and sins of commission. And omission is you just didn't do something, and we're going to call that a sin. Commission is you did something on purpose. Of course, it was bad for it to be a sin. So there's omission and commission type of how you're going to drive an agency. And a lot of agency owners have decided to be grow by omission. <laughs> In other words, I'm not going to drive it. I'll give my producers a bucket type technology. We'll send them off occasionally to maybe some sales training. We might even buy a book. We'll do spreadsheet liars club sales meetings. We'll do a one page goal setting um, and we'll expect them to go grow. And it's kind of an omitted sort of a process. In fact, it's in many cases not a process. It is some ideas thrown together, strewn together, sewed together, you know, from having read a few books, gotten on the website, search CRM and found something that's popular. And they just don't fit. They don't match up. They're not in sync. They're not harmonious. And so it becomes fundamentally or practically impossible to build to 
grow your agency. It's hard. So when I think about bucket technology, off-the-shelf technology, uh, that's pretty much what it is. Having been in hundreds of agencies, what inspired me to get into the technology business was really two things, the two sides of this coin. Uh, number one, I, I'm in there working with them, and I'm going, um, hey, boss, uh, who are your top competitors? Uh, well, Randy, uh, uh, you know, and they kind of tell me. And I said, well, do you have that written down anywhere? I mean, is that, is, that, is, is, is that information available to me? And is it available to your producers? Yeah, not really. I mean, it's, it's just pretty much in everybody's head. Okay. Hey, let me ask you this. Of those competitors, what we know about them and the proposals we've seen from them, where's all that stuff kept? Uh, well, Randy, it's pretty much in everybody's head. All right. Or if they've captured a proposal, it's in somebody's you know, file cabinet somewhere, but I don't know what's in your file cabinet. You don't know what's in my file cabinet. Now, if you're a price coverage relationship-oriented sales guy, what I'm talking to about you right now is like Greek. You go, Randy, who cares what we know about the competition? I go sell myself. I build relationships. I get policies. I find coverage gaps. I market the business, I present it, and I sell based upon that expertise, then you don't care who the competition is, and I get it. But if you're thinking about, I got to get the competition fired, and it's the proactive services things that I do that that incumbent's not doing is where their their client, my prospects being underserved, then I want to know everything about the competition. And I want to have it organized and easy to put my fingertips on. And the problem with bucket technology, off-the-shelf technology, technology that's built by technologists rather than salespeople, is they don't care about that either. And so there's no synchronization. The word sync, in sync, working well together, in agreement with. There's no synchronization between the sales process and the technology, which is why bucket technology in almost every agency, you go to all of them. And you go, you know, how's it being used? Oh, about 10%. Why? Because it's not in sync. It doesn't work with what we're asking people to do. So now we just, we just talked about, like, what do we know about the competition? What do we know about all their proposals? Where's all that stuff? Oh, uh, man, it's just everywhere. Well, think about this. If you had technology that was built to drive growth, then on every opportunity, we would know who the incumbent agency and agent is. And we would have data on them. We'd know what they're good at and what they're bad at so we can match our strength against their weakness to go win business. But here's the second piece of it. By having that information, what happens when one of those guys or gals quits, gets fired, retires, or dies, or gets bought out? Well, when any of those little things, those, those events get triggered, then that account becomes vulnerable. You know, when that person decides to retire, very few agencies really have a great transition process from the retiring producer to the new producer. Now, they try to do it. It's just not very good. In some cases, it doesn't exist at all. Um, one of our clients, you know, because he's using growth technology, um, he can just click, click, pull up that agent. There's the 12 or 15 accounts that agent uh, controls uh, and get on the phone immediately go start to call those people because he knows disruption has happened 
And, you know, when they're trying to hand it off to the guy that they've known for a long time and that that they really like to this newbie guy, it's like, man, that thing is now uh, it's it's in play in many cases. Uh, This one guy I'm thinking of, Mike Dennis, I mean, he picked up uh, 11 BORs in a 12 month period of time when he found out that one of his competitors had just retired. It's an amazing story. $150,000 worth of revenue. It's like it's like picking an apple off an apple tree. It was just too easy. So when you think about what's the difference between bucket technology and growth technology, what's the difference between committing growth and just omission, commission, omission, I'm going to drive it versus I'm just going to let it happen. Well, it's that mindset. Do I, do, do, do I want a Porsche or do I want a truck? Do I I want something that I can make things happen with or do I just want to offer this bucket so producers can put stuff in, take it out and all that crap? And that's the mindset that drives why you would choose growth technology over bucket technology. Let's just take another step. Um, You know, when you when you look at what are the the four things that that most agencies suffer from? Number one, producers that, that have lost somehow along the way, they lost their motivation problem number one. Number two, they they don't have the kind of confidence that would be useful to go open up big doors and take the business from the other guy. That doesn't mean that they don't get referrals, they don't write business, but if they're a high growth agency, they've got a lot of really confident dudes. But if it's it kind of flat, you know by definition they're not motivated and they're not highly confident because if they were motivated and confident, they could be killing it. The third thing then, then becomes organized. Having all this stuff we're talking about in one central place fully developed so that I can go act and take action and use my time wisely. And then the last is having a plan. So let's talk about let's talk about where does bucket technology fit into motivating producers? Well, my personal experience is that being the father of four daughters, when they were six, four, two and newborn was when I had the big realization that I was going to have to at some point, and it, and it started 10 years out, at six, when she turned 16, I got to buy a car. So they were two years apart. So 10 years from now, I was going to have to buy a car. 12 years from now, we're going to have to buy a car. 14 years from now, we're going to have to buy a car. 16 years from now, I'm going to have to buy a car. After that cycle starts, um, 12 years from now, I'm going to have to start paying for university. 14 years from now, I have to start paying for university. 16 years from now, I'm going to have to start paying for university. And 18 years from now, I'm going to have to start paying for university. Keep the cycle going. Um, at six, when she turns 26, so 20 years from now, a wedding. Uh, 22 years from now, a we- just see the math. And it's just like all of a sudden that hit me that, that year after year after year after year after year after year after year. Car, 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 university, 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 wedding, 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 wedding. And then somewhere out there, I wanted to, you know, fund my own retirement and not have to be in the broke house. You know, when I'm an old dude, I wanted to have freedom. And so when you start to think about this in relationship to motivating a producer, most producers and look, don't take this wrong. This is not a condemnation. This is not shaming anybody. It's not trying to guilt anybody. But most producers are ignorant about how much money they need to save every flipping year for about the next 20 to 25 years. They just got to pick a time frame to be able to have financial freedom. They don't know. So when you do that one page spreadsheet type, 
write it on a yellow pad, whatever they do, goal setting process, it does nothing to motivate a producer and does very little to give them any legitimate clarity about what they're going to do. So when you start to reverse engineer that process, you would move them all the way out to retirement date and say, how much money do you need in a bank account? And in order to get that much money in a bank account, how much do you have to save every year between now and then? To save that much every year between now and then, how big does your book of business have to be to throw off that kind of additional income? And then you help them figure out, okay, now how are you going to grow your book of business from point A to point C so it's throwing off that much? And then how much new business do you have to write to do that? Now, if you did... What does that do to give you the ability to take care of your children? Is that meaningful or do you even care? Now, what kind of good human being would not care about taking care of the children? What kind of good human being would not care about getting prepared for the future and taking care of their spouse? What kind of good human being would not care about that stuff? So because they do care, now you're creating this correlation between business goals and personal goals. Now, here's the question. What role does Microsoft Dynamics, Salesforce.com, Sugar, Zoho, any of that stuff, any of the things that your agency management system provide, what does any of those people do, what we call bucket technology, to help make that easier for you to help them go through this kind of financial planning system, back it all the way down to a 12-month goal and action plan that then is in all one place, easy to manage, that creates motivation? And the answer is, it doesn't. They don't. They might come up with it at some point, but they sure don't do it now. And so because they don't, the primary thing that you have to like do for your producers becomes really, really hard because you're using bucket technology rather than organic growth technology where it's built in. So I think of it like this. I think of it like 3D execution. And man, we've been through this a thousand times where 3D is in three dimensions. Dimension number one is you want to train your producers to think through that stuff, to do that goal setting, to do that planning. It's a training process, right? I mean, the opposite of when people are ignorant, you train them, you educate them, you lead them to that. You know, that's what training is. So we're going to educate them on how much money we're going to train them. And then we're going to use technology or some tools to then do all the calculations, put in the the children, put in the the amount of money they need, put in what they think the interest rate would be, calculate it, build a plan of action, come all the way down to now a 12-month action. Technology makes that easy. You can do it on spreadsheets, but when it's on a spreadsheet, the spreadsheet's over there, it's over there, it's outdated, it's over here, it's not accessible, it doesn't aggregate it all up. It could, but then you have to build it, then you have to redo it. It's like, ah. And the third piece is, so dimension number one, 3D, dimension number one is training, dimension number two, technology that supports it in sync, dimension number three, now it's easy to coach them up. So if you just sit there and think about if I can get my training, my technology, and my coaching in sync where it's working well together, then I radically change my opportunity to get synergy. Now, what is synergy? I love this word, synergy. It's when the interaction of two or more things produces a greater combined effect. A greater combined effect. The combined effect is greater 
than if you just had all those separate pieces out there. So what do I mean by separate? Separate piece is maybe we do some talking about it. We'll call it training. Um, maybe we have, uh, you know, put on a spreadsheet because our technology doesn't really support it. And then, and then the coach is doing whatever they do. So it's, it's disconnected rather than interrelated structurally put together to create synergy. So that's why I don't like bucket technology and almost everything on the marketplace is bucket technology. Let's just go one step farther. You know, you've trained producers, you're training producers, you've taught them how to win, you teach them how to win, there's a sales call process, you teach them how to wedge, or you teach them how to do something. Now, most sales meetings I've seen are what I think of as spreadsheet liars club meetings. What does that mean? That means that, you know, you ask your administrative assistant to get everybody's pipeline on a Excel spreadsheet your administrative assistant aggregates that up to a summarized spreadsheet by producer. You get all your producers in a room, maybe every Monday, maybe once a month, maybe once a quarter, and maybe you just abandon this process because it's so bad and it doesn't work. But if you are doing it, you're getting them together once a week and you're going through the spreadsheet and you're going, hey, Charlie, it says right here you're working on Xylophonicus Greek restaurants. How's it going with them? And what's Charlie going to say? Well, he's going to say, yeah, going pretty good. And then you're going to go, well, what do you think your chances of writing you are? And Charlie's going to say, oh, about 50-50. Okay. Well, do you need some help? And he's going to go, no, I, I got a carrier lined up. Um, you know, I think that there's some coverage gaps. I'll find the gaps. I'll market it. Yeah, I, I think I got a 50-50 chance of getting this. Now, here's the problem. Unless you challenge Charlie, your producer, to define and defend how he's better than the incumbent, he's not going to learn very much. He's not going to build his 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 offensive skills to go attack. He's not going to develop his differentiation. He's going to rely on two factors that are fundamentally controlled by the carrier. Coverage controlled by the carrier. Pricing controlled by the carrier. The only thing that Charlie can control is the services provided by the agency. And when you go from being a reactive service agency to a proactive service agency, and then you start to drive sales meetings that continue to make Charlie define and defend how he's better than the incumbent, Charlie gets sharper. Charlie gets a lot sharper. Charlie starts to win. Charlie gets more BORs. Charlie's confidence goes up. As you're working Charlie on his on his differentiation and you're breaking it down and making them articulate it and defend these better than the incumbent. Everybody else is learning Charlie's best work. The next week it's Bob and Sam and June and Jilly and all that. And so when you do this, well, everybody's learning everybody's best work, which really becomes your best differentiation for your agency to be able to go win. Well, where's technology play into that? Well, when you have bucket technology, about all you can do is pull up and print off a spreadsheet or a list of prospects people are working on. It's single, single dimensional. Uh, it doesn't really get much into who's the incumbent. It doesn't get much into their differentiation. None of that stuff's really available because it wasn't built for that. It was built as a bucket, put things in, take things out, producer sort of centric, which is a beautiful thing, but it's not built to grow the agency. So when you've got organic growth technology, 
that click, you can pull it up real easy, put it up on the on the big screen. It's got who the buyers are. It's got who the incumbent is. It's got what what the renewal date, the renewal date, and the revenue. And then you can, and then it's got a place in there you can start to start to make Charlie think about if they got that guy YU and list it out one and two and three and four and maybe he's better at claims management, loss control, and projecting the experience mod and setting up a return to work program and property valuation or you know um, uh, any of that sort of stuff. So you you make them think through that. Things are outside the pure price coverage. And then once you've done that, then you rank them most important to least important. You make him do that. So now his brain's even working more. So you're turning that brain of mush into a brain of metal and steel and like a big old muscle, right? And it's a training process. It's a development process. It's like it's like being his personal trainer in the workout room, lifting weights, making him rep after rep after rep, getting his, you know, his biceps and his triceps and his chest and his pecs and his lats stronger by making him lift more. Well, that's what this is doing to his brain. But where does organic growth technology fit into that? Well, it's designed to do that. Where does bucket technology fit into that? It doesn't. And one of the reasons that Microsoft Dynamics, one of the reasons that Salesforce.com, one of the reasons that Zoho and Sugar and all this sort of stuff don't get used is because they weren't designed to drive growth. They're not easy for sales leaders to use to do these processes and exercise. It's just a bucket. Put names in, take names out. At least you can protect your names. So that's why I get so passionate about what I think of as organic growth technology and then having a, the 3D implementation effect where your training, your technology, and your coaching are all in sync, working together, synergizing to produce a better combined effect. That's big time stuff. That's big news. That puts you, agency owner, in control of what you want to do, which is grow your agency rather than victim of lack of information, lack of process, lack of structure, lack of winning, lack of goals, lack of differentiation, lack of incumbent intel, all that stuff. So let's move to one more deal, man. Let me ask this question. How many of your producers have got a lot of great relationships that they're not leveraging to get introduced into who those people know? Now, everybody's heard they've always heard if you're in the selling business everybody's saying you ought to go get more referrals ask for more referrals 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 and look everybody knows that but getting a referral by and large is a reactive process somebody got referred to me going and asking a client to introduce you to somebody that you know they know is a proactive process it's a process that you boss man you can drive if you've got the training if you've got the technology, and then now you as the coach can coach them through doing that. But if you don't have the technology, yeah, you can create some sort of user-defined field and put those names in there, but you can't connect them very easily. It's, it's harder to do. It's harder to manage and all that sort of stuff. So if you thought about this for a moment, and here's, here's kind of my standing bet with everybody and my bet with you. I'm going to put it out there. But I, I can help you. I, I believe I personally could help you build a database of prospects that your clients know that would trump your existing revenue today. 
So here's what I'm saying. Let's suppose you're a $1 million agency or a $5 million agency or an $80 million agency. I don't care what the number is. By working with your producers, taking the top 20% of their accounts, working them through one by one. Let's take account number one. Who does this guy know you want to meet? Who does this lady know you want to meet? Build out a database of one, two, three prospects each on average. Look at the revenue of it. That when we add up that revenue off that top 20%, it will be bigger than their book of business. Now, here's the beauty of it. When you've trained them on how to ask for introductions rather than referrals, number one, you've changed the psychology uh, of, of, of the word. Referral, for most people, has a negative impact. Introduction, we, do to, we introduce people all day, every day. It just doesn't have a negative impact. So when you train them to change how they ask, it takes away a lot of the the negative mental trash. Secondarily, when you coach them through why this person, uh, why they haven't, get them to think through the reasons why not, then the, then they have to deal with that. So now they, they start to feel when done right and done well, that they now that, well, I deserve that. When you help them really map out that that client knows one, two, three people and you put a revenue associated with it, now it's almost like a bounty it's like that client not only makes me $25,000 revenue a year, but could easily get me into another $75,000 revenue. I never saw them that way. It becomes even more important. I compare that $75,000 to my personal goal and how I can then fund cars, weddings, universities, and my own retirement. Now all this stuff becomes integrated rather than segregated. It becomes in sync rather than out of sync, it becomes systemic rather than no system and chaos and becomes synergistic rather than not. So then what happens? When you look at the 3D effect of your training, your technology, and your coaching being in line with each other. So A, it's easy for you to do. It's easy for the producers to do. It's going to get results and it will get done. And the problem with bucket technology, it wasn't designed for that. There's nothing wrong with bucket technology. It's just not designed to grow your agency. It's a big deal. So think about that a little bit. So when you think about motivation, how do I get my producers motivated? What is motivated? Well, I'll tell you what got me motivated. It's like when I sit there and go, holy crap, Kendall, Hunter, Reagan, and Peyton. Six, four, two, a newborn. Car, 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 car. University, 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 university. Wedding, 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 wedding. Retirement. Financial advisor said I had to save $65,000 a year every year for 25 years. And then I, yeah, it's okay, good. That's all intellectual stuff. Then here's where it gets emotional. And here's where it gets real. I can tell my wife, Lori, hey, Lori, honey, look, I'm sorry. I don't want to work that hard. Um, I don't want to try that hard. You know, you can just tell the kids I didn't have much growing up. I grew up in Lubbock, Texas on a cotton farm. Went to a small school, 43 people, 43 people in my graduating class. You know, nobody had anything. Out of my whole graduating class, 43 people, it's probably three or four people went to college. The rest of us didn't. I was one of those guys that didn't. So I don't feel like I need to provide my girls a college education. 
I don't feel like I need to provide my girls a car so they can drive around. Hey, man, look, if they want to get married, let them go elope. Not my problem. Now, you want to talk about emotions? Go tell your spouse that. Go your spouse, tell your spouse, honey, I'm just not interested in following up with my responsibility to my family. And then watch the explosions happen. It becomes very emotional. So when you work your producers through their motive, their reason, their purpose for growing their books, and then give them a path to get there, not just say, hey, just go do it, but then you give them a path. It changes a lot of stuff. So that's motive. And then you've got your training, your technology, and your coaching integrated so that the financial planning that you're teaching them to do is in the technology, and then you can coach them up to help them answer questions and get it right. Now we've got 3D working. So then we come over to confidence. Confidence is a big word. Confidence, confidence is just a feeling. It's driven by knowledge and skills. If I don't have the skill to um, work my prospect through differentiation, how he's going to fire the incumbent, I won't do it. If I don't have the skill, if I haven't worked it through, if it, if it hasn't come out of my mouth plenty of times, then it's not a skill. Now, I might know what it is. I could have read the book on how to do it. But if I can't do it, I don't have the skill. Well, if I don't have the skill, obviously, I'm not going to have the confidence to do it. If I don't have the confidence to do it, I'm not going to do it. So how do you get them confident? We've got to give them skills. How do you get skills? Well, man, look, I mean, it's like the most insane question on the planet. How do you get skills? You've got to train, 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 train. Really? Yeah. So I've got three daughters that played Division I sports. One daughter won two conference championship rings. Another daughter won one conference championship ring. And the third daughter, who knows? What I do know is I've been around it enough that I know that for them to be excellent athletes, it's not just talent. It is training. Uh, My oldest daughter, Kendall, when she's in high school, uh, we hired not only her high school coach that she was on and not only did she play club ball, but we hired a, a, a coach that would just take her down there. I'd go, you know, every once in a while, I'd go down there with her. And he, he would, he would, she was a three-pointer. She would, you know, her nickname was Shooter. She was a three-pointer. And he'd start her over at, 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 at the very right on the baseline uh, and just work. And just, I mean, he'd just keep firing balls at her, firing balls at her, firing balls. And she'd move from one point on, on the court to another point on the court to another point on the court, another point on the court. And she was like sweating like a dog. I mean, she was sweating like a dog. He worked her butt off. He trained, he trained, he trained her, he trained her, he trained her, he trained her. And she was trainable. And that's why, you know, one game she hit seven three-pointers, other games she had a lot. But, you know, that was kind of, that's a pretty good number. Um, Train, 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 train. How do you get great at things? You train. You train a lot. You know, so uh, all my daughters, man, they, you know, they, unfortunately, they all sweat a lot. So, you know, they come home all stinky, nasty, their shoes stink, you know, they're, they're, they're just covered in sweat. Everything, whatever they're wearing is just soaked because they train hard. How do you get producers good? You train them. Well, hey coach, I, I you know, I, I don't really want to work hard. I don't like to role play. Yeah, I get that, but it's what we do. 
So come on here and let's go. And give them some little tiny thing that they can get comfortable with. Yeah, just say this. Hey, when your agent. Can you say that? Yeah, when your agent. So when your agent. Point. Can I you mean, say it? When your agent. you got to train them, man. Hey, when your agent came out. I want to be trained. Got but, it. You know, when your so agent what? came out, 90 days after I mean, renewal. Can you say that? Good. Let's just do Lead. it. Help this is dumb. I know. Just and let's so, get good at it. The whole point we're wrapping up here and, and, and is you this. When you've got the whole process. bucket technology, when you have you get the whole process no real down, you train, organized train, train, training, train, when you don't later, have they get better. a playbook, turn this um, you, so, you're lucky to grow. And uh, maybe we'll call it a sin of omission. You just decided to just let it happen any way that it can. And um, if you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake in terms of doing something. And if you want to do something, then, you know, it's, it, that's why we call it the, the, the uh, building a sales culture. And the fastest, easy way to build a sales culture is have your, your 3D in sync uh, process. And so that would mean that you've got a training platform, a technology platform, and a coaching platform that are in sync, work well together to be able to create synergy, which is a better combined effect, which just my experience, having worked in a lot of agencies, uh, when they get an off the shelf piece of technology, it's not in sync with anything. Uh, when they don't have a training platform, but they're just doing some typical, you know, ask questions, ask better questions, ask generalized questions, sort of role play. It doesn't really make anybody any better. And then it becomes harder to coach because you're not coaching on a process. You're just coaching on idealism. So if you ever get where you're kind of curious about, well, hey, Randy, you're you're making sense to me. Uh, I'm starting to be convinced I could be doing it better. Then just, hey, man, go to our website, thewedge.net and I mean, right off the bat, there's a you, you should find somewhere um, uh, a way to get the five steps extraordinary growth, uh, or five things you could do to double new business. Opt in for that, um, and there's places on there you schedule an appointment with us if you want to. Love to talk. I mean, that's the business we're in. Love to help you. So this is Randy Schwantz. I'm signing off on the agency growth machine.